0: Malcolm Honeline is executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, joins us for the weekly update here on a Friday morning. Mr. Honeline, welcome back to the U.S., and welcome back to JM in the AM.
1: Uh, Thank you. It's good to be back, and thank you for the warm welcome with the snowstorm coming the blizzard.
0: Greece had no snow, huh? Uh,
1: Greece had no snow. It was 60 and beautiful. Israel was beautiful every day. Wow.
0: That's my mistake. I'm hanging out in the wrong part of the world.
1: Yes, you have to find a good winter studio
0: yeah exactly well yeah, or year-round studio that includes weather like you described um, How about a word about the uh, the passing of Ronnie Greenwald you are somebody who can attest to the difference that one person can make there have been some tremendous tributes through social media and email and many other uh, forum um, uh, about his life and about his involvement what could you tell us
1: well, Obviously I knew Ronnie very well. He was a unique individual whose care and concern for every Jew and whose involvements uh, beyond the Jewish community as well, but certainly his work as uh, as an educator, as somebody who, who reached out to young people in trouble, even taking them to in, into his own home, uh, the generations he raised uh, and influenced in, in the camps and that he ran. Uh, he was truly a unique individual and. Uh, he accomplished so much in, in his lifetime, and he didn't look for it uh, to get fanfare and recognition. Uh, sometimes a lot of his work was, uh, let's say, secret uh, in an earlier in earlier years.
0: Uh, and 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 many lessons, of course, to be uh, learned from somebody like him. But I, I think one of them I want to point out is the the fearlessness to get involved. Right? Sometimes, and I'm sure you know this because you've been involved in so many different. Situations, high-profile ones and some nerve-wracking ones. Uh, you need to have sometimes a little bit of fearlessness to, to get involved and to make your voice heard.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, people shy away because something is controversial or you're likely to be criticized, taking on, you know, some of the issues of child abuse, things like that, where he was uh, very outspoken, correctly so, and um, didn't hesitate because of fear of uh, being criticized or, or ostracized.
0: All right, so we remember Ronnie Greenwald, and uh, I'm sure that, uh, I mean, I read some of the tributes, and I know that the the funeral, um, not just packed in both locations, but uh, some amazing tributes uh, given to him as well, Uh, well Um, well-deserved. Malcolm, the... uh, we br- I, I bring this up almost every week, the, the random attacks that it seems the Israeli military and police are having trouble dealing with, and we've discussed just how impossible a situation it is, not to criticize, but you know what I mean. Uh, this Utniel stabbing, the murder of Daphne Meir, it, it really shocked and shook the Jewish world. And again, as we point out, it seems so many times, it seems like... We're always losing our best. But then when you and I discuss this, we, we often conclude everybody seems to be the best, if you know what I mean.
1: Yes, I do know what you mean. And I, I thought about that very thing when I first heard the news. And it, it, it did have a unique impact, uh, one, because of the horrendous nature of the attack. She was painting the door frame and had her back to the street and, and was painting um, when she was attacked in front of her children and she, she tried to prevent him from entering and, and uh, harming them. The, uh, and so the brutality of it, the nature of, of the victim, her, her incredible personal history, uh, uh, the adoption of two foster children in addition to her own children, the um, stories about her and her openness, her, her tremendous uh, activities as a nurse and in other realms, uh, I think touch people in a in a special way. Although every victim in every tragedy is terrible, but the um, the, the inability, perhaps is, as some might see it, to to rein this in is is not correct. They are reining it in. There are less attacks uh, than there were, and there are many more arrests than perhaps we read about. Because when something's prevented, nobody sees it. You only see it when when it actually happens. And they they just uh, thwarted a cell. That was uh, set up by Jawad Nasrallah, uh, the son of Hassan Nasrallah, as you know, the head of the Hezbollah. And uh, they tracked down five thousand dollars that was sent paid to the to the Palestinians to commit an attack. Uh, and they are clearly trying to seduce people. Bibi's, uh has sp- the prime minister has spoken out very strongly this week about again about incitement. And there are some videos showing the PA's involvement, continued involvement in incitement. Uh we see Hamas leaders again calling for for a holy war. Khania himself, the head of Hamas, uh, uh, did so. There are are many examples of the um of the activities the PPA incitement that is uh that is ongoing, was criticized by the United States this past week again, but we don't see any kind of real consequence. The problem is that there are limited steps you can take against the PA. We shut off almost all the money. We, you know, he is he doesn't care because he keeps uh, saying that he's better than any alternative, and you know that he'll quit or that the PA will collapse, which is one of the concerns that you hear expressed more and more. And in fact, was a subject of discussion in the Israeli cabinet. So the 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 difficulty in dealing with a manifestation like this. Where individuals incited by the online or by remarks of of an, of an imam or a leader or or by isis uh, is is very hard no no government in the world has yet come up with a magic formula for dealing with
0: it the early on in the uh, you know once once this all started after Sukkot, there was speculation about whether the uh, the perpetrators were specifically avoiding Judea and Samaria, staying in the more metropolis, uh, you know, type of um, areas of Israel. Then it seems that they, you know, went ahead and incorporated those areas as well. Uh, the reality is that if we do believe, and you've pointed this out each time, if we do believe that this is not a a coordinated effort, that it's not you know under one umbrella with you know specific instructions, then then all that is is sort of coincidence, right? And, and wherever they were hitting early on is probably unrelated to wherever they're attacking now.
1: So far, from all my discussions in last week in Israel, we met with uh, all top leadership, uh, I, I, nobody has has tracked down that this any sort of coordination. In most of the cases, doesn't mean there aren't ties or people weren't influenced by you know some of the same incitement. But it is not a centralized operation where you can go after. A, a key leader, or or some sort of a framework, when it's it's often spontaneous, and you see the parents discussing it. Sometimes the parents are more surprised uh, when they find out it's their own kids. Some of them then praise them, and some of them condemn them. But the the um, you know this is a far more difficult uh, thing to attack. It's like attacking crime in a in a metropolitan area. They avoided, I think, from from the territories. A not to bring back, bring down the demolitions and not to and that it's easier to track them when, when they attack um, but he, I think that they were trying to spread a terror to make life intolerable this is the goal and so you strike in, the, in cities and in, in various places that you show that you can hit Ranana, you can hit Haifa, you can hit any place and and as Khamenei said in his book, you, you make life intolerable, the people get scared and eventually they will run away, they will not run away but it does have the impact of of making people wary and walking on the streets and always looking over their shoulder.
0: Did I read correctly that the Utniel murderer was sixteen years old?
1: That's what they uh, they said, and he he uh, he was known to the people in the community. had done work in the, in the
0: community. So, um, what's your what's your comment about that? I mean, if uh, if the incitement That's exactly
1: is, what incitement does yeah. it, it targets the most vulnerable in communities? It, it can reach out. You make somebody a hero. Somebody, young people who. Why do we've seen it here in America, where they, in Columbine and other places, where they seek revenge, or they, you know, want to become famous, or they they are incited, or they, you know, are motivated by some demon inside themselves. But uh, too often here, this becomes a, a ticket to to uh, stardom and to recognition, or they think they're doing it for the cause, and it's one of the reasons why. Um, People who criticize the demolition of the houses, I think, are wrong because if one understands the cultural context, that once somebody does this, he doesn't care. He, he, he wants to die, but his, if he knows his family is going to pay a price, if they're going to lose their house, obviously they're going to get money from the PA because they pay every quote martyrs uh, family. But if they know that there's going to be a price that their family will pay, they may be dissuaded from doing
0: it. I wonder. I wonder if it's a, if it's a um, deterrent or not
1: oh it 's definitely a deterrent hmm. and even stricter action arresting families and things but problem is that the international community then comes down on Israel and Israel has to do what it has to do and it's it, it uh, you know it 's not an easy decision each time they try to weigh it but and they have to go through a court process in order to get permission to to de- demolish a house but it, it in this setting it is a very effective deterrent and and knowing the cultural factors that are involved, you understand why it's uh, so significant in the limited number of steps that Israel can take.
0: Oh, I don't even see criticism of Israel in those cases, but I guess I'm just not looking in the right places, right? I mean, we don't see oh, that.
1: I get it all the time. You see it all the Interviews time, I guess. and stuff, and people, you know, who, who don't understand, they say, well, why do you pun- punish uh, the family? Well, first of all, if it's a minor, I think the family should be held to account, and and we have to find out, do they... What, what is the atmosphere now? Have they encouraged it? Did they in any way? No. Sometimes the families are truly innocent and had no I- I involvement in it. In other cases, we find that the, there was an atmosphere that was conducive to it. Right. Um,
0: the International Atomic Energy Agency declared Saturday that Iran had fulfilled requirements to limit its nuclear activities, a step that automatically lifted nuclear-related economic sanctions imposed by the UN, EU, and the U.S., The move freed Iran to sell much more oil and gain control of roughly $100 billion in impounded money, ending a prolonged isolation that has driven the country into a deep economic malaise. The action signaled what diplomats have called Implementation Day, the most important phase so far of the historic nuclear agreement known as the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action that Iran reached with the major world powers on July the 14th of last year. Implementation Day, I assume, is the final step, right? There there are no more steps now at this point, Correct.
1: Well, there are, because there's extensive monitoring. Involved. Right. There are, but, but yes, that is the day when the uh, process of liberating their funds, as they would see it, or as we see it, you know, paying off the Iranians for, so far, uh, limited compliance. Uh, we see that, that Iran, what they did with our sailors, and more than that, if people would have seen the video that he put out, humiliating them, talking about how they were crying. And, and think about what the impact is in Iran when when you show those kind of films and they say this is the powerful United States and they they um act in this way and the, and the fact that we thank them in an obsequious way I think and the uh, I'm glad this the sailors were released and uh, not harmed and not kept for a long period but I mean there's still a lot of unanswered questions now there are reports that some money was transferred and which which is not yet confirmed and not the uh, proven, but there, there's no change, fundamental change in Iran's behavior. You see the increased activities with Hezbollah. We see their continued activities, whether it's in the Gulf, whether it's around Israel, that with, they're trying to expand activities. Uh, this week, the the um, election screening, uh, February 26th, is the uh, national elections for both the Supreme Council, which is who will be responsible not only for approving legislation, but for selecting the next uh, Ayatollah, a supreme leader mm. uh, and also for the Parliament, and there were three thousand reformist candidates, thirty were approved, so ninety nine uh, percent were knocked out of the of the box by the uh, reformers, meaning that they cannot run. there is some appeal process but it's it 's not likely to have much uh, impact and When we look at what is the benefit where these benefits go, we have to remember that the Iran Revolutionary Guard and the Khamenei and uh, and the government control about forty five percent together of the economy, the Basijis and others in, included. So they will will be major uh, uh, beneficiaries. So you're not going to see um, uh, massive monies going to the people, but we're going to see money going into military to their buying airplanes, so the civilian aircraft as well. But signing huge deals with Russia, with others to to um, um, buy advanced jets and and other military equipment, and of course they're going to be funneling money around the world to their uh, activities. Um, and, we, and we've seen the statements that have have come out and emerged from Iran, even uh, during negotiations, and now post uh, implementation days. You say, and that is the term that was in the agreement, which meant the day when they met the requirements by pouring concrete into the reactor by reducing number of centrifuges and exporting the uh, enriched uranium, which they did. Uh, But then they tell us that they're going to do more missile tests, and even though we put sanctions, some sanctions, uh, on Iranians and people involved in, in helping Iran's ballistic missile development. Uh, but they just said we're going to do another test and we don't care about the the international reaction we don't in defiance of all of the supposed restrictions uh the congress is is moving ahead on the Iran terror finance transparency act they want to see, have more oversight they want to see uh, more uh, restrictions placed on them and the administration has said that the relinquishing of of any of the uh, restrictions and any of the sanctions are only related to the nuclear program, not to their violation of human rights, not to their involvement in support of global terrorism. Those things uh, will all continue and We met with um, the person responsible for their implementation, and they talked about how they 're monitoring and that they have other sanctions ready to go. But you see that the Iranian involvement in the region in the in Syria, for instance and uh, the uh, their support for uh, other groups, by the way, in Gaza, a new group Al Sabrin and others that they, that you know are going to escalate violence ultimately. Um, th- these, these are proof that, that they haven't uh, made any real changes. They don't see it any lessening of the executions inside Iran. And the, um, uh, you see that the uh, IRGC and others, are talking about their activities the Lebanese papers uh, expose uh, some of the activity some of the intentions and 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 statements about uh what they what their intentions are and what they're doing so i don't expect that we're going to see any massive change in their behavior the oil um, price drop uh, is a bit of a shock for them because when they went out of business they were producing 700,000 barrels they're going to they're talking about now coming in with five hundred thousand barrels a day at a time when the barrel costs more than the oil in it, and you know they were went out when it was a hundred and nine dollars a barrel wow. now they're coming in when it was you know it fell below what twenty seven now it went up a little bit, but for them, that influx of of cash is just not is not going to be there, but the um uh, the tens of billions of fifty billion dollars, and even though some of it will remain abroad and some of it will go to pay off some things will still give them enough money to uh, escalate their, their various nefarious activities.
0: America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners, sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9, in the FM Dial Broadcasting Live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jm.org, and on the NSN app, of course. Uh, when the, the, the purchases you mentioned... Purchases uh, how quickly are those going to happen their
1: that 's p- a very good question and and i don 't think American companies by the way, are going to rush in to do business because there's still a lot of question marks and still restrictions on the banking system
0: well i 'm assuming it's russia right that is most that you 're most
1: concerned about Well, the Russians they all have weapons, but there are a yeah. lot of other com- countries that are running in to do business French delegations, british delegations italians others have been there literally since the day. Not of implementation, but the day the agreement was signed, and even before that, they were preparing. They were, they had drawn up all the documents and, and waited to sign it uh, as soon as it became legal to do so. But a lot of the preliminary work. I don't think, though, that that American companies and others, even some international companies, are going to be so willing to jump into it. They still have uh, limited access to to the American banking system. Uh, we will we will have to see what happens. Uh, In terms of uh, the delivery on these purchases, Russia is very hungry for money. They were the major oil exporter in the world, not Saudi Arabia, and their economy is in free fall generally, and they've made huge investments abroad. Iran has been sponsoring their their involvement in Syria, but you see uh, Russia today has this big uh, uh, demonstration of their power in the Mediterranean by bringing in a destroyer. And bringing from the Pacific one of their missile carriers and doing demonstrations that bring reporters on board, uh, which I think is a message that they intend their presence there in Latakia in Syria, and the defense of Assad to be permanent and they have flown five thousand seven hundred missions since September when they began you know their bombing runs. Uh, this is hugely expensive, aside from the fact that uh, if you think of that number of bombings that perhaps their achievement has been uh, uh somewhat limited so iran is, is going to try to exploit this in any way that it can i think the election is going to be very critical to as an indication of uh, future direction and if the west is smart we will work with the groups within the country we will um, try to to uh, uh give them some sense of assurance and that the west will be with them in this way and, and now it's it, the regime can say, look, we, we outsmarted the West, we ran this deal, we got the, the sanctions off, and the expectations in Iran are very high and I don't believe can be met. So that could lead to further uh, alienation and, and frustration amongst the population because they hear of tens of billions of dollars, but they ain't going to see it after they, the government and the IRGC and everybody takes their cut. <laughs> and uh, we'll see whether the people still want to see them spending all this money in syria and iraq and elsewhere it will i think the the general acceptance of iran is to me as worrisome as the release of money because this gives them greater legitimacy in their efforts and the u.s seems to be to 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 be in agreement that they can play this aggressive role in iraq where they're essentially taking over in syria in in lebanon And, uh, of course, there's support for terrorism on three sides of Israel.
0: Tell me about this prisoner release from this past uh, weekend. And uh, I'm just having trouble understanding if one of the prisoners was not released because of his Jewish identity, or is that just something that's being conjectured, you know, in social media?
1: No, we do not know Robert Levinson, who was a former FBI and perhaps CIA uh, employee, uh, who was there uh, not on a spying mission, <clears throat> but he was arrested uh, years ago. And the last time I think the family heard from him was three years ago in a video where he said that he wasn't feeling well and, uh, you know, it was very difficult. Uh, but there's been no word about him. And now there's speculation that Iran doesn't have him or that, unfortunately, he may have, uh, God forbid, passed away or whatever. But he, he original reports, the first day, the reports were that he was one of the five. Uh-huh. Then it became clear that he was not one of those who, who was released. And while the administration says they are working on it, and um, perhaps there there should not have been a deal until we we got back. Um,
0: yeah, and if all this, where Levinson is, and if all this is a goodwill gesture, then why wouldn't his why wouldn't accurate information about where he is or what's happened to him you know also be part of a goodwill gesture?
1: Well, they're probably saying you know they don't know or that they haven't got the information, which is something that. Is often the case uh, where they don't want the truth to come out, right. and there are cases where they really don't know.
0: Yeah, uh, we've talked about the uh, arms race or the uh, you know the race to nuclear weapons that will really escalate once this uh, once implementation day has arrived, and we know that it has, or has arrived. Saudi Arabia has already made it clear, right, that is that they're going to keep up with whatever Iran does in terms of nuclear weapons.
1: They are and uh, they're more likely to purchase it than to go through the whole process of development. They can buy it from Pakistan, you can buy it a lot of stuff uh, is, is available online. But for for Saudi Arabia right now, the conflict with Iran is is escalating and intensifying. It's manifest in Yemen, it's manifest in Syria. But this is essentially the Sunni Shiite battle being being played out. These are the two key leaders, is Saudi Arabia the leader of the Sunnis. And the uh, the Shiites being led by Iran, and now with the additional funding, we know that Iran is building a new uh, naval port in in Qatar. We know that the French and British are, uh, and that Saudi Arabia is beefing up its military. It's tied down somewhat with the war in Yemen, which should have been over a long time ago. Um, the uh, but Iran is is su- supporting the Houthis, and obviously it, it Saudi Arabia is directly involved and has been bombing and. Engaged militarily there for uh, now for a long time, Uh, so Saudi Arabia is is uh, very angry over the deal. They they see Iran as the major threat, and it's one of the reasons why they warmed up to Israel a little bit, Um, and so have others. The uh, the um, Saudis alone can't can't handle this obviously, and they they have internal problems with the ascension of the new king and his. Son being a very aggressive young uh, guy, I, I don't know what the, what the internal divisions are. They, they criticize him for his handling of the war in Yemen. They criticize him for other things, uh, and most of all for the internal uh, machinations about who will succeed the current king uh, and knocking some of the people who are in line uh, out of out of the line of succession. But. You- You know, we see the price that is being paid across uh, the region, and the Middle East uh, turmoil points to the fact that there's one island of stability. And Guess where that is?
0: Well, I guess that's Israel. Uh, And and look, Saudi Arabia seems to be the poster child for for reaction to Iran. Uh, Who else is in that category? You know, countries that feel like...
1: Uh, well, they have a coalition now,
0: right? Yeah, you mentioned uh, this last some week.
1: upgraded their relations with Iran, some that broke relations, but Bahrain is one. Qatar, uh, um, Kuwait, um, the UAE um, is very strong on that. Uh, Sudan has joined them, even though they were an Iranian uh, ally, they've switched now. Um, so, but the key are the Gulf, uh, the Gulf states, right. except for Qatar.
0: Because you think that really everybody involved, including Iraq. Would be watching Iran very closely and would and would you know understand the significance and importance of of building up their own arsenal as Iran does.
1: Well, when you talk about Iraq, Iraq is not really a state today. It's more it's closer to Syria than it is to a unified state functioning as such. And the Iranians have cleverly under with U.S. permission and under the guise of you know fighting ISIS or whatever, really established themselves and and. Um, I'm afraid that that presence is permanent, and the government is, kowtows to to Iran. So they boast of the fact that they control Baghdad, Damascus, uh, Beirut, and and Sana for Arab capitals.
0: Right. Uh, did you see that? There's another dispute over uh, buildings purchased in Hebron uh, that the Jewish community says were purchased legally, and now, of course, the defense minister has evacuated the buildings. And uh, just another one of these situations is probably going to go on for years.
1: Well, this is a complicated case. as is everything because you know that to purchase uh, property, for Jews to purchase property in Hebron and other areas, requires a whole series of steps. It's not enough just to make a legal purchase. You have to get permission. You have to get. You have to pass certain uh, uh, government um, requirements. Uh, and in the case, this case, I think 200 people were removed from the houses, and the government acted against it, led by Defense Minister Yalom, who has strongly defended his action and saying, look, if you violate the law, there's going to be a consequence on either side. Um, one of the counter-arguments is that the Arabs are building a lot of illegal housing. There is some demolition, but it's, it's limited. On the other hand, there's, there's more construction. You see the American criticism of Israel for allowing uh, new settlement and allowing uh, you know more uh, of the land to be um, expropriated uh, for construction, and here you have a particular case. And because they said that the uh, requirements were not met, that they had to that he had to act. It, it'll cause a government crisis, I have no doubt. Right. And already some ministers are are attacking uh, the Alom and Defense Ministry for taking the action that they did. Uh, it's very sensitive, and, it, and you know the international community then jumps on each of these cases and, and says, "You see that they're just trying to change the faces, eliminates the two-state solution." This, all the things that we heard over the last uh, week from Western officials of all kinds.
0: Yeah, uh, did you see that Donald Trump has called for the embassy to be moved to Jerusalem?
1: Very nice. I, mean, I wonder if I want the Trump name on it, though. The, man,
0: the reason I mention it is because some people thought that he'd be the only Republican candidate who'd be able to avoid you know, taking that position publicly uh, because basically he says and does what he wants as compared to you know what, what seems like with other candidates who do things in a more calculated manner. And nonetheless, he, even he's hopped on what has become a real Republican bandwagon issue.
1: Yeah. So, well, everybody promises it. candidates on all sides... Uh, including President Obama, including Jimmy Carter, including Clinton, including Bush and Bush. Everybody promises it to us uh, when they don't have to deliver on it. And then, of course, there's always complications or reasons why the embassy can't be moved to West Jerusalem. We're not talking about East Jerusalem. We're talking about West Jerusalem. And uh, uh, so I, I don't put too much hope. I mean, we all want to hear people say it and reaffirm it. Today, the Chinese leader talked about creation of a Palestinian state with uh, East Jerusalem as its capital. uh, Reaffirmed that you know they've increased their trade with Israel, but took a a stand uh, uh, sympathetic to the creation of a a Palestinian state. So we shouldn't take for granted that the world accepts the the unity of Jerusalem or the um, the need for our embassy and other embassies to be located there, where the seat of government is. Right.
0: Finally, look at this article that I found in the Jerusalem Post. Pundits would have been dismissed as clueless had they predicted a decade ago that in a critical EU discussion in the Middle East, Greece and Cyprus would emerge as the countries that would, in the words of U.S. President Barack Obama, quote, have Israel's back. Greece and Cyprus, two countries that for decades were arguably the most pro-Palestinian countries in Europe, two countries that could be counted on regularly to bash Israel, they were all of a sudden going to come to Israel's diplomatic aid? No way. Yet that's exactly what happened this week when Greece and Cyprus led a charge of about half a dozen Eastern and Southern European states to block the passage of language and EU resolution in the Middle East peace process that would have enshrined the idea of differentiation of the territories from Israel, a move that could have triggered a slew of measures that would make the recent labeling of settlement products seem tame by comparison. So your delegation obviously did some very good work over the last few days.
1: Of course, we take full credit for <laughs> it. Um, but remember, it, Greece went through an election, and everybody thought that the move from a right-wing to a left-wing government would be the end of the relationship. Israel's strategic death today is, for its Air Force, is Greece. They do bombing runs. They do tests uh, you know, and strategies against the uh, Sam... Um, ballistic uh, air defense system and they do a lot of joint exercises including with cyprus and they see this and we see it as the core of an eastern mediterranean alliance that we take israel out of the middle east and other countries like egypt could join jordan and uh, and maybe one day turkey uh, uh, morocco tunisia others who are interested because in i've spoken to, to a lot of the governments about it and uh, you know with economic trade Tourism, with uh... regard to to security, Israel's high tech, what they could do in water reclamation, uh... harvest, uh... -harvest uh... post-harvest reclamation, so many other areas where they could they would have a mutuality of interest. And next week, the heads of the three countries, Israel, Cyprus, and Greece, are coming together for a major summit. But also, you know, the Indian farm minister said that they this week was in Israel and said that we attached the highest level importance. To the relationship uh, with Israel, and uh, there is a tremendous amount of trade and, and exchanges going on. Uh, Greece and Cyprus uh, did do it. It not, not, may not happen in every case, but certainly the, with them, the, they see this as a, a relationship of the highest importance, and, the, and it is being manifest in, in various ways. And, and by the way, you hear it also from the Arab countries increasingly where they are are at times uh it quoted and leaders are, are quoted as uh as saying the right things and taking the right positions they obviously don't always do it uh, publicly it's it's uh, we understand the the restrictions but a lot of stuff is going on quietly there's a lot of uh there are a lot of developments which could bode well and Israel's integration into the region and there's almost no arab country that doesn't have some sort of communication uh, with Israel today, so the what you're seeing in, in terms of Cyprus and Greece, um, and hopefully there'll be an improvement in the relationship with Turkey. Though I think it'll take a period of time. We hope to visit there and to see firsthand what's uh, what's happening with the president's conference in, in February. Um, we have to try and pursue it for Israel those who talk about Israel being isolated are just wrong. And Dori Gold gave a speech about it this week, the Director General of Foreign Ministry, and cited examples of, of how Israel today, with Japan, China, what I mentioned about India, are all reaching out to Israel today and, and building stronger and, and ties with delegations coming there constantly. So people shouldn't get too depressed and, and note that Israel has a new oil discovery. So That's we have another field coming online which um, uh, I think will have 8.9 trillion cubic feet of of gas. So this is, um, you know, these are terrific developments when you you think about their long term implications.
0: Yeah, well, that's that's a good way to wrap up with some good news, huh? Always,
1: uh, always good. And Jihad John was killed, you know, right <laughs> in a bombing. So that's good news.
0: There's some good news out there. Uh, All right, Malcolm, thank you so much for joining us. Have a wonderful Shabbos. We'll speak again next week. Malcolm Holmline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, joins us for the weekly update Fridays here at JM in the AM.